Praise the Lord, everybody. One more time, why don't we lift our hands and offer up some praise. There's a sweet presence of God in this place today. God, we lift you up, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy of our everything, Lord. God, we thank you for your presence that is in this place, Lord. God, we're undeserving of the presence that we feel, Lord, but we're so thankful, Lord. Oh, you are great and greatly to be praised, Lord. You are the one, the almighty God, Lord Jesus. Ah, we lift you up, Lord. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. The presence of God is so strong in this place today. Well, for the next few moments, why don't you just turn and greet somebody? Um, again, don't hug or shake hands. You can blow them a kiss, give them an air high five, whatever you want. pastor's absence, he has asked me to, uh, to speak to you all today. So I'm going to do my best. I feel like I have a word from God. Um, can I get a little more monitor, Mikey? But before that, I'm going to sing this song. It's a song that we're all familiar with, so just worship with me as I sing. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Is that your prayer today? Oh, if you can use anything, Lord. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. How we thank you, Lord Jesus. How we magnify your name. God, that is above every name, Jesus. God, we ask that you would use us for your glory, Lord, for your service, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of all praise, Lord. You're worthy of our everything, Lord Jesus. Well, first off, I just want to thank Pastor Sparks for this opportunity to speak before you all. Um, it's not taken lightly. I believe that God has given me a word for the church, and that's what it's all about, is just... For me, preparing to make sure I have the word for the church and for the church to open yourselves up to receive the word that God has for you. It's not about you or me. It's about God needing to get his word through somebody to you. Um, and I believe that God has given me a word. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, and beginning at verse 1. I know I'm going to read the first 14 verses. It says this, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him. 
for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then skipping over to Ephesians chapter 6, you don't have to go there, but Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, we know the verse. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. For the next few moments, I'm going to speak on this topic. It's time to engage. It's time to engage. Why don't we one more time lift our hands and offer up some praise to God. God, we thank you for all that you have done, Lord. You are worthy of all praise. We thank you for your presence that is in this place today, Lord. You are so good to us, Lord. God, we ask that you would anoint me, Lord God, that the word is brought forth, Lord God. And we ask that you would open our hearts to receive what you would have for the church today, Lord God. We want to be good ground, Lord. We want your word to fall upon good ground. We want your will to be done in our lives, Lord, and we want to be used by you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done, Lord. Uh, we thank you for all that you are. You are good to us. In your name we pray. Amen. You can all be seated. And for those of you that may have misheard me, the title of um, my sermon is not, It's Time to Get Engaged. Okay. Some of you got excited over there, I, I saw. But it's it's... It's time to engage. It's time to engage. I believe that God has great things in store for the church. Does anybody believe that? God has great things in store for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We don't even know. Our eyes haven't even seen yet what God has prepared for us. And God, the next verse says, God reveals these things unto us by his spirit. That's how he reveals these great things to us. This spiritual wisdom only comes by the spirit and by listening to his spirit. So we must develop the mind of Christ. The more we allow his spirit to speak wisdom into our lives, the more knowledgeable we get and we develop the mind of Christ. It goes on and talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the next chapter, how God can't even speak to some people in the church. He can't even reveal to the church what he wants them to know at that time because they're not mature enough spiritually. 
We've got to learn to find the mind of Christ, to know what the Spirit is speaking to our lives. In the times especially that we are living in now, we must have the mind of Christ. We must be aware of what the Spirit is trying to say into the church today. Because the Spirit is definitely speaking. There's a lot going on in our world today, and we all know this, and we hear it almost every single time we come into here. Why? Because it's, there's something happening in the spiritual realm. There's definitely something happening, and I, I truly believe that we are living in the last days. Since I was younger, I know we've heard people say, we're living in the last days. I don't know how long the last days are. The Bible doesn't give a time frame, but we're definitely living in the last days. What the Bible prophesies is going to happen in the last days, a lot of stuff is coming to pass every single day. Matthew chapter 24, back to our setting of verses, a lot of, if you read this chapter later on, it talks more about the coming of the Son of Man. And some people think, well, it's talking about the destruction of the temple, not necessarily things are, that are going to happen in the last days. But if you really study it out, God's, Jesus is talking about what's going to happen in the last days before he comes. In verse 7 of Matthew 24, the verse we just read, it says, Nation shall rise against nation. And we've heard this before, but if you translate nation there, it's race. Just look at the Greek translation, it's race. Race shall rise against race. Are we seeing that today? Race shall rise against race, kingdom against kingdom, or country against country. Are countries rising against each other? Yes, these things are happening. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences. What's, a pe what's pestilences? Disease. Is there a disease in our world right now you might have heard of? Pestilences and earthquakes. We're having more earthquakes now than we've ever had in history, in the history of the world. All these things are going to happen, and the, the Bible says. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 24, it says this, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And if you translate the word iniquity there, the Greek word, it means lawlessness. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of many shall wax cold. There might be a little bit of lawlessness in our world right now. Would you agree with that? There's definitely some lawlessness in our world. And because of that, the love for those and their love for us is waxing cold. That's happening today as well. Second Timothy 3, again, last day prophecy. This, this know also that in the last days perilous time shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So see, it doesn't say that everyone's going to turn away from religion. It says everyone is going to turn away from the truth. There's a lot of people that are going to have a form of godliness. And it talks about it in another verse where they're going to go to teachers that are going to itch their ears. Basically, they're going to turn to religions and stuff that will allow them to live the life that they want to live. So religion's not going to be eliminated in the last days. What's going to be eliminated, what they're going to try to get rid of, and who the ones that are going to suffer persecution are the ones that have the truth. Second Timothy, Second Peter 3 verse 3 says this, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days mockers walking after their own lusts. And there's definitely those existing today. There's other things happening in our day today as well. Google searches 
an academic journal studied this. Google searches for prayer skyrocketed when the virus went global. The search intensity doubled for every 80,000 new cases. People, whenever there's a pandemic or a crisis in the world, we saw it with 9-11, what did people do? Everyone was religious when 9-11 happened. And I wouldn't say today that everybody has turned religious, but people are hungry. They're searching for something. What we do know is that I think every person in the world, even if they say they're atheist or agnostic or whatever they believe in or don't believe in, every single person deep down has hope that there's something more or believes that there's something more, there's a higher power. And when it comes down to it, they inside of them are searching for that. They're searching in all the wrong places, but they need something. They need that hope, and we have that hope. Sometimes it just takes difficult situations in their lives for them to come and realize that they need to connect with God. They don't know that it's God that they need, that they need God. So we know that we're living in the last days. I believe that we truly are. And the Bible talks about different things that are going to happen in the last days that we just went through. But it also talks about how there, there's going to be a great falling away. And then it also talks about how there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit. So that if you think about both of those together, it's like, okay, so are people going to fall away? Are people going to lose out with God? Or are, is there going to be a great revival and so many souls saved? Well, if you look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not a love for the truth that they should be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So we know that there's going to be a falling away. The timing of this falling away, I don't know, but many people are going to be deceived. Many people that are not strong in God that are not strong in the truth that we believe, they're going to fall away. We know that's going to happen at some point. But it also talks about in Joel chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, Matthew chapter 24, in Joel 2, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and you can continue to read it. Some people believe, well, in Acts chapter 2, that's when it was fulfilled. But Peter did. Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, and he listed all the things that Joel mentioned. But there's many things after that that were prophesied in both places, where it says there's going to be, uh, the sun's going to be darkened, the moon's going to turn into blood, all these different things that are going to happen that still haven't happened. I think Peter, what he was saying was, this is the beginning of what's going to happen in the end. The Bible talks about in many different places, the latter rain, the, the early rain and the latter rain. The latter rain is that last day's, moving of God that is going to happen. I believe that it's going to happen soon. Amen. We are about to experience a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. And if you get deep into prayer and truly get engaged with this, you'll know that there is there's something happening in the spirit realm. There is a moving of God that is going to happen. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. <laughs> 
I definitely want to be a part of that. And the falling away, when people start falling away and getting deceived, who knows if that's after the, the mighty moving of God? Who knows if it's before? I don't know. What we do know, though, is that there's going to be a falling away, and people that aren't strong in God are going to fall away because they don't love truth, and they're not on fire for the things of God. And then we know that there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. I want to be a part of that outpouring of the Spirit of God. Be right in the middle of that. Amen. So there's only a select group that will endure into the end. The Bible talks about in several places, especially in the New Testament, it talks about the very elect or the elect. And the group, the chosen group that's going to make it in the end, it's referred to in Matthew 24 where it says, For the sake of the elect, I will shorten the days, or none of them would be saved. So he says, it's going to get so bad that even my very elect or my chosen ones that are going to be with me in heaven, they won't even be saved if I don't shorten the days because it's going to get so bad. And then it says in Matthew 24, 31, and he, he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. This elect group is mentioned in multiple verses in the New Testament, more than just the two that I mentioned. But only a select group are going to make it in the end. The individuals in the church that are on fire for God, the individuals that are not only living but also walking in the Spirit, individuals that are engaged in the spiritual battle that we're currently in. You see, I, there's probably a lot of people in churches that go through the routine of going to church that aren't going to be part of this elect group. Why? Because the, the very elect, God's chosen ones, are going to be engaged and know and are going to be able to point out the signs and know when God, uh, when something is right and when something is wrong. Some of the commands to the very elect, it talks about in these setting of verses, all the ones that I just read where it discusses the end times, some of the commands that are given to the saints are these. Number one, fall in love with truth. I think that can be implied from all these setting of verses. It says many are going to be deceived. So it's imperative that we fall in love with truth. The coming of the lawless one, it says in 2 Thessalonians 2, is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, which is why we can't just rely on signs and wonders. Because Satan is going to work signs and wonders through his chosen one. So we can't just rely upon that. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so God sent them a strong delusion so that they believed a lie. Second Timothy chapter 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So they won't be able to endure this doctrine. Fifty years ago, or even when I was younger, the sound doctrine that we hear preached and taught today was easier for people to receive than it is today. Because the world is growing so far apart from the church, it's a lot harder to convince people to change to our lifestyle today. So people won't even be able to endure sound doctrine, some people, in these last days. So it's important that we fall in love with truth. Because if we do, then there's nothing that's going to be able to separate us from God. So one, fall in love with truth. Another command that's giving in these setting of verses is, see that ye be not troubled. It says this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6. First Thessalonians 2, verse 3, it says, do not be shaken like the wind. Be not troubled. It's saying, we know 
a lot of bad stuff is going to happen in the last days. The Bible says it. The world is going to get worse and worse and worse. The church is here. The world is here. They're going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and go further and further away from the church. We know this is going to happen. There's no point in spending all of our mental energy fretting about what's happening in the world today. Because it's only going to get worse. We can't lose sight of what the Great Commission is for us. Amen. And that's reaching a world that needs God. It says, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. That's not going to change. Nothing's going to happen to make that better. All we can do is spread this gospel. We should be more worried and troubled about lives not being changed and souls not receiving salvation than we are worried about what's going on in our world. That should be so much more of a worry to us. Amen. So let us focus on winning the lost before the end comes. Let us develop a burden for those that are in despair and that need God, that are facing hard times and in need of a hope. Because we know, we see there's a lot of people in the world that need a hope. We're that hope to them. We can show them what that hope is in their lives. Amen. I'm not represented, I don't know about you, but I'm not represented by a donkey or an elephant. I'm represented by a lamb that was slain, that lives again, that lives inside of me, that can live inside of you. You see, that's who we're represented by. We're represented by a lamb that was slain and that is alive. And it's alive inside of us and can be alive into others and others' lives around us. So one, we, can't, we need to fall in love with truth. We can't be troubled by the things that are happening. Three, we need to stay woke. Matthew 24, verse 42, it's talking about these last times. It says, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. When you translate watch there, it means keep awake. And it's funny how the world uses that. Stay woke. Don't listen to everything you hear. Stay woke. We hear that a lot. But the fact of the matter is we want to stay woke, but we want to stay woke spiritually. We want the spirit of God speaking into our lives, keeping us awake. We don't want somebody's opinion keeping us awake. (laughs) Amen. We need to stay woke. Amen. And then we need to stand firm. 2 Thessalonians 2, where it talks about the end times, it says, stand fast. After all these things that are going to happen, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught. 2 Timothy 3, again, it's talking about the last days. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And how do we stand firm and stand fast? In order to stand against the wiles of the devil, we read it at the beginning. How do we stand? We put on the whole armor of God, which is truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God. We stand fast in all of these things and doing all these while praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's how we stand firm in these last days. That's how we engage and become a part of the very elect. It's by engaging, standing firm, staying awake, not being troubled by the things of this life, and falling in love with truth. If we do all these things, we won't fall into the trap of the enemy, to the schemes or the wiles of the devil. So God's invitation to us today, he's inviting all members of the Palace of Praise to join this group called the Very Elect, to engage in the spiritual battle, because there is a battle waging right now. 
And we have got to become a part of this battle. Now is the time for this to happen. Amen. The reason why he's telling us that here today is because the majority of every, well, every one of us in here comes to church consistently on a regular basis. So God knows that. His question to us is, and his invitation to us is, engage in the battle. It's not come to church more. Because if church doors were open, all of us would be here every time. Are we engaged in the battle, though? That's the question. And that, that's what God is inviting us to do. Are we ready to join? Are we ready to get serious about it? If not, we may fall into that lukewarm category it talks about in Revelation chapter 3, where God was talking to the church of Laodicea where he says, I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you're neither, I'm going to consider you cold and spew you out of my mouth. Because God knows that in the end, because God obviously knows that in the end time, only the very elect will be saved. So we can't be lukewarm or we're going to fall into deception at some point. So some questions for us. Where do we spend our time? This is just something we could think about in our mind today. Where do we spend our time? So if you put your time, the time you spend on things, into three categories, three categories, moral, immoral, or amoral. So moral is ethical, right? Ethical things, things that are right. Let's just say good things for now. How many things do you do? How much time do you spend on things that are moral? How many things do you spend? How much time do you spend on things that are immoral? Immoral is unethical, so bad, wrong. Things you shouldn't be doing. Good things, bad things. The majority of Christian people's time is spent in the amoral category. It's not bad or it's not good. It's just in the middle. And if you think about it, we probably spend 90% of our time in that amoral category. We're not doing anything that's gonna make a difference in a positive way, or we're not gonna hurt anybody or hurt me, myself. Well, you really are hurting yourself if you're not doing moral things. But we spend so much time in that more amoral category. We should try moving more of our time into that moral category, amen. And some practical steps to help us develop a better prayer life is to be more strategic in our prayer lives. And I know that I, I live alone, so it's different for me than it is for other people. Well, probably anybody else in here besides Kelsey. Um, I live alone, or Nicole. <laughs> but I, I live alone, so it's easier for me to just, like, find the time and pray, and it's, and it's good. I like it at my place right now because I, I have my place of prayer in my literal closet <laughs> where, where I pray. And it's, it's awesome because it's just me, and I could just, like, I'm not a person that's going to cry, like, scream. But if I want to cry out to God, I can. It's just me in there, and it's, it's great. Usually when you live with a group of people, my family has been here, some of my family, since Tuesday. And finding that time, not finding the time, I have the time, it's finding the place, really, <laughs> to do it. And I know this sounds bad, but when other people are all in your house, it's harder to just cry out to God. Would you agree with that? Maybe, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I, mean, I didn't really think about that until just because I've been living for, by myself for so long. Um, but, yeah, I know a lot of people here, you live with a whole group of people. And some of you, you have like 16 people in the house at one time. So it may be harder to find that time alone with God. So just being strategic and finding a time every day that it could just, just be you and God. Whether that's getting up super early in the morning to find that time. We have to have that alone time with God. Yes, it's good to pray together. It's awesome to do that. 
but we know we we know multiple stories in the Bible where it talks about people really got something from God and had a God moment when they got deep into prayer on their own, when they left everyone else alone and went deep into prayer. So it's important that we're strategic about it and find a time with just us and God, by ourselves and God. Another thing you can do is track your time. And Pastor Sparks actually mentioned this us to a while to this to us a while back. But I've started to do this where you track your time and see how much time every day you're spending. And then at the end of the week, you total it up and say, okay, on average, I spent an hour and a half praying and reading the word of God. I'm not talking church, all right? So outside of church, the time you spend with just you and God, if you track this at the end of the week, but at the same time, track the things that you spend time on um, that are amoral. For instance, the time you spend... For me, like working out five times a week, about an hour. If I'm spending five hours a week doing that, I better be spending more than five hours a week praying and reading the Word of God. If I'm going to spend three days, three times a week, watch a basketball game that's two and a half hours long, that's what, seven and a half hours? I better be praying and reading more than seven and a half hours a week. So making sure that the number one thing in regards to time is spending time with God. These are just some practical things that we can do. Amen. You can come up. Why don't we all stand to our feet? It is time for us to engage in the battle that God has for us, or the battle God wants us to be a part of in these last days, because we don't have much time remaining. If you want your family to be saved, if you ever wanted them to be saved, now is the time to get engaged in this battle for the sake of their souls. If you ever wanted to be used by God in a powerful way, now is the time to engage. If there was ever a time for us to get serious about living for God, it's now. The night is far spent, it says in Romans. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us engage in this battle. Something great is about to happen. There's a great outpouring of the Spirit of God that's going to happen. And it's not limited to one church. It's not just going to be a move of God in the palace of praise. This is a nationwide, worldwide thing. And we need to be a part of this. We want to be in the middle of this. We want to be used of God in a powerful way to reach other people. But in order for that to happen, it takes the body to engage in this spiritual battle. Amen. Why don't we just lift our hands and thank God for all he's done for us. God, we thank you for all that you have done for us, Jesus. God, we owe you our lives. You, we owe you our everything, Lord. You deserve our everything, Lord. You have been good to us. God, you have blessed us beyond measure, Lord. The least we can do is give our lives and submit our lives to you, Lord. Oh, God, we want to be used of you, Lord. God, we want to engage in this battle that you would have for us to be engaged in. God, we want to play a part, Lord God, in this end-time revival. Oh, God, you're worthy of all praise, Lord Jesus. You are the almighty God, Lord. God, let us get serious about the things of you, Lord. God, get serious about your ways, Lord, and your will, Lord. God, what you would have for us, Lord. What you have purpose for our lives, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of all praise, Lord Jesus. Oh, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, can we sing the song together? You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. It's 
Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Yes. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, Lord Jesus, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. One more time. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. Lord, take my hands and take my feet. Touch my heart and speak for me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of all praise, Lord. You're worthy of our everything, Lord Jesus. God, we lift your name on high, Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised, Lord. God, we need your touch, Lord. God, we need your spirit, Lord God, speaking wisdom into our lives, Lord. God, giving us the guidance and direction we need, Lord, in all that we do, Lord. You are worthy of all praise, Jesus. God, we magnify your name, Lord. We lift you up, Jesus. You're worthy of all praise, Lord Jesus. And like they sang today, he makes all things new. He doesn't look at anything that's been done in our past. Once we get that forgiveness and that repentance, he's like, okay, let's start fresh and new. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been. You can play a part in what he has for the end times. Amen. I'm thankful for everything God has done for me. <clears throat> Let's continue to remember Pastor, Parks, Pastor Sparks in our prayers. Um, that God would heal his body so that he could be back here preaching, preaching to us and giving us the word from God. And I don't think there's any other announcements, so... With that being said, you're all dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you on Wednesday.